People are very easily, and I include myself in this, we're all very easily drawn into things that we want to be true. And not being able to have that immediate block you know, that immediate way that you can just shut this down is really, really dangerous because it opens us up to being vulnerable to absolutely anybody out there. This is Lock and Code, a Mauerbytes podcast. I'm your host, David Reese. Our main story today is about romance scams. The last time we spoke about romance scams, we brought in an expert. (laughs) Becky Holmes, author of the upcoming book, Keanu Reeves is Not in Love with You, has seen it all in the world of romance scams. Hugh Jackman has invited her to dinner. Prince William has told her she has such a beautiful name. Once, Ricky Gervais simply needed her photos. I want you to take a snap of yourself and then send it to me on here. Send it to me on here, he messaged on Twitter. And even Tom Cruise slipped into her DMs, though he was a tad boring, twice asking about her health and more often showing a core misunderstanding of grammar? To every proposition Becky receives from the rich and famous, she responds almost always the same way. Game on. You see, the Hugh Jackmans, the Prince Williams, the Rickies, and the Cruises, all of these people online are fake. And we're not making a criticism or commentary on celebrity culture. No, when we say that, we mean quite literally, the people are not who they say they are. They are romance scammers, pretending to be celebrities, or pilots, or oil rig workers who reach out to strangers online and try to ensnare them in months-long operations to eventually steal their money. The scams often follow a similar plot. An attractive stranger or celebrity coupled with an appealing profile picture will send a message to a complete stranger online, often on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. They will flood that stranger with affectionate messages and promises of a perfect life together, sometimes building trust and emotional connection with this person for weeks or even months. As time continues, they will also try to move the conversation away from the social media platform where it started, instead taking that conversation to WhatsApp or Telegram or messages on Apple or just simple text. And here, the scam has already started. Away from the major social media and networking platforms, the scammer's persistent messages cannot be flagged for abuse or harassment or scams. And then the scammer is free to press on. Once an emotional connection is built, the scammer will suddenly lay the trap. They are in trouble, and the best way out is money. The victim's money. These are, as we always say, serious crimes that harm vulnerable people, like recently divorced individuals, uh, widows, and the elderly. But when these same scammers reach out to Becky Holmes, Becky Holmes turns the tables. 
Becky once tricked a scammer into thinking that she was visiting him in the far-off Antarctic. She has led one to believe that she accidentally murdered someone, and she needed help hiding the body. She has given fake, lewd addresses. She has wasted their time. She has enraged them. She has even shut them down when she can by coordinating with local law enforcement. Becky Holmes is a pro. And we've invited her back on because when we last spoke to her, we learned that despite all the colorful stories she shared about her work in battling romance scammers, there were still more stories to tell about romance scammers themselves, where they're based, how they're trained even, or educated, and how even they may be the victims of scams. Today, to share more about recent romance scam trends and to help us understand the spiral of scams in this world, we are speaking again with Becky Holmes. Becky, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me back. I'm so pleased. I am so happy to have you back. I am thrilled. I remember the last time we had the episode with you, which was back in March, and you said, hey, reach out again. I've got so much more to say. I simply started a timer to be like, when do I get to do this again? Because (laughs) it is such a fun topic. We want to be honest here. It is a difficult topic. These are dreadful crimes. These are people preying on people. And, you know, there's a seriousness to it, but you have shown so many like clever ways around it. And so I am excited to have you back. I want just some updates. It's been about six months since we last spoke. So I wanted to start again, like I said, just with some like simple updates. And one of the immediate things I wanted to know right since we last spoke is whether or not your popularity as a romance scam target has changed, right? Because it's been some considerable months since you last spoke about your book. And I've seen that you've been interviewed quite a bit actually uh, by like the BBC and by other media outlets talking about this thing and so i want to know if that like if that press has reached the attention of the romance scammers right do they connect one and one do they see oh my gosh no this woman has a reputation out there she's doing interviews about this she's talking to the bbc she's talking to podcasts she is like the person who flips the script and you know maybe that's assuming a little too much about romance scammers. Like maybe they're not as plugged in as, as I would assume. So have things changed for you in terms of being recognized as this kind of table turner, I would say? Do you know, not even, oh, not even a percentage of a percent. <laughs> David, to be honest, I mean, not, not even 0.1%. Yeah. The thing is, because a lot of the fraudsters that get in touch with me aren't based in the UK, which I can tell from, you know, the, the way they type, I was going to say speak, but type, um, yeah, yeah. they just wouldn't be that plugged in to what happens over here. So they wouldn't be listening to say Radio 2 or, or any of the other things that I've done. Um, they'll yeah. just be going along business as usual. And it, you know, it obviously hasn't reached me. I mean, I like to think that somewhere, somewhere, uh, you know, my, my photos up on a wall <laughs> do not speak to this woman. Um, but no, I don't think that's the case. I, I think, if anything, I get more requests. And I can't remember whether I mentioned this on um, on the pod last time, but if you start to engage with scammers, they will sell your contact details and you're put onto what they call a sucker's list. 
which basically means that you engage with them. So you're kind of considered fair game. So the more that I engage with scammers, the more that they sell my details onto other scammers and it kind of snowballs. So, you know, I'm the, you know, the sort of hostess with the mostess, really. I, I get them all. <laughs> and that's, it, no, it doesn't seem to be letting up at all. I wonder if, if we have any information into this, like you said, this suckers list, that when the information gets shared and sold to other scammers is there any honor among thieves in the in scammers who are like no no no, don't push this target too much because then they're going to be overwhelmed like we can't all like we can't all target becky like she's she's batting away 55 of us right now <laughs> <laughs> um i think perhaps we afford them too much <laughs> intelligence maybe if we if we say yeah. that I, I i don't know exactly how it works but i wonder if once somebody's finished with you they sell it on so you know if they realize they're not going to get anything from you then they just stick your name on the list and send it off to somebody else i mean i'd love to be able to find somebody who could tell me exactly how that works but oh, i don't know it's a weird thing isn't it I, but i i always think of it as a bit like when companies sell your details for cold calling purposes, it's, I mean, mm -hmm, effectively, mm -hmm. it's no different than that, is it? Your stuff is being, you're, you're being sold as fair game. Gosh, yeah. I also wanted to talk about, right, obviously it's been some months and I've looked through your Twitter and I've seen some of the things you've done and I wanted to open it up first, just to you, before I name a couple. But are there any things that stand out in the past several months where you're, where you're just proud of the thing you did, where you're like, I got really clever on this one. I did a really good job. I'm just looking for, right, your your favorite stories of the past few months. I quite like the fact there's been an increase in Elon Musk's of late. Uh -huh. And I really like the fact that I tried to get one of the Elon Musk's to tell me more about the Tesla chlamydia. Um, <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was really pleased with that one. It didn't actually get as many likes as a lot of them do, but I was really chuffed with that. I thought, oh, yeah, you've, <laughs> you've nailed it with that one. Um, do you know, I've, I've got to say there's been so many. I mean, Prince William has been in touch recently. And in actual fact, I'm still talking to him at the moment. Um, and there's going to be an update in the next few days because he's had the Kensington Royal Palace management team message me. Um, because apparently I'm eligible to buy a royal royal family membership card, and I believe it's only five thousand dollars. So, you know, not pounds, dollars. <laughs> that's uh, that's not pounds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So th there's been loads, but it's the the Elon Musk's that have. Th there's suddenly been this kind of influx of. Elons, an influx of Elons, that must be the um, the plural. <laughs> um, absolutely tons of those have, have come about. And I'm assuming it's because obviously he's taken over Twitter and he's sort of making all these changes and people are talking about him a lot more than, you know, I mean, they've always talked to him about a lot, but a lot more because of everything he's doing with Twitter, that scammers have thought, oh, hang on, here's somebody, here's somebody that is known to have a shed load of money I get probably at least at least one, maybe two a day. Oh, whoa! Okay, that's like a that's like a ton. Yeah. Whoa. So this gets into something I was actually very curious about because I saw that you had shared 
more Elons than <laughs> prior. Just these just these terms are so fun. Um and oh, no. <laughs> right, just more Elons and influx of Elons. Um <laughs> And it did make me think like, okay, are the scammers exactly as you said, are they glomming onto this persona because this persona is spoken about more than ever before? And have we ever seen that with someone else? Interesting. Now, as you know, there's a load of Keanu's about, but I do know that when he does a new, so when the latest John Wick film came Mm -hmm. out, there was Mm -hmm. suddenly even more of them. And I think what happens is that the scammers will take a very vague look at what might be happening and where they can, I guess, what leverage they've got. So for example, if, if they think that somebody's, you know, finished a film and they're about to start doing a new one, Mm -hmm. then they can talk to you about the fact that they're starting a new project. So the Keanu's will often say, well, I've just finished John Wick. I don't know. What is it now? 48 or something. Um, I've just finished John Wick 4 and now I'm about to start a new one. You know, so uh, yeah. that's how they'll they'll try and get you. But of course, the, the Elon one is more interesting. It, it seems to me that each of these scammers think that they've got a really good idea. Like, oh my God, we could use Elon Musk. What an amazing <laughs> idea. And, you know, three streets away, there's another one going, oh, I've just thought, we could, oh my God, we could use Elon Musk. You know, it's... <laughs> they've got a really good idea but it all happens at once Um, and suddenly you get loads of different elons and what i love as well is that because there's been all this blue tick debacle you know he's changed the rules on twitter which is like a scammer's dream they've started putting a blue tick in with their profile picture if they're pretending to be Elon Musk, which makes no sense because that's not where Twitter puts a blue tick. It's just one extra little thing where they think, oh, that'll fool them. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's enough. Just that kind of, that dressing, that window dressing. Yeah, exactly. I'm so, you know, you know what I'll do. I'll put a blue tick in the picture (laughs) and other people emulate it. Yeah, I, because you mentioned that, that Elon is changing the rules of Twitter I think this past weekend, uh, he or the past week, he said that he wants to get rid of the block function. I think that also feeds into this idea. Yes, there we go. Yeah, this idea that you said of a scammer's dream. I wanted to ask you because I feel like that's such a, that's so ingrained in the work you do. And so tell me what happens if we get rid of the block button? So... What I will say is, I, I mean, I've looked at this and a few people have sent me things to say, actually, he's not going to be able to do that because of certain legalities around things that he can and can't do on the platform. And apparently that has to be there. Whether he'll find a way around it, I don't know. The thing is, most people, when they get somebody that they assume probably quite rightly as a scammer, they will just block them. And it's very quick and easy to do. And it it's a way that you are in control. So you are the one with the power in that minute relationship. You block them and it's done. If you aren't able to do that, you know, it, it's human nature to sort of have a look. If somebody sends you a message, it is sort of, you do kind of tend to have a look, even if you think, yeah. oh, I shouldn't really. It's it's just, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're kind of creatures. We're curious. Yeah. And it's, People are very easily, and I include myself in this, we're all very easily drawn into things that we want to be true. And not being able to have that immediate 
block, you know, that immediate way that you can just shut this down is really, really dangerous because it opens us up to being vulnerable to absolutely anybody out there. And, you know, I'm not just talking about romance fraudsters here, but absolutely anybody on the internet that wants to send you anything they can, if you aren't able to block that or you know, to, to not see things that you don't want to. So, for example, in my case, I get very, very upset when I see anything to do with animal cruelty. And often I will block an account, not because I don't want anything to do with that person or that organisation, but purely because it upsets me when it comes upon my feed and I have enough yeah. difficult things. It's a vital thing that we are we do enable you know, in order to, to protect ourselves and protect our own emotions you know, we all live very difficult lives and we all have 101 things that we're worried about, we're stressed about. And I just feel really, really strongly that it's taking away something and it's making us unsafe. And I'm going to say particularly women. Yeah. Something you said right there that I think has to be just highlighted is, uh, is that you mentioned that we're all easily drawn into things that we want to be true. One amazing summation of humans. <laughs> um, <laughs> just wild that that was just sprinkled in there very nonchalantly. And two, I think sometimes we, and when I say we, I mean like just the broader audience and people in general, I think when they hear about romance scams, there's a judgment towards the people who are ensnared in them. There's like, oh, why would you ever believe that a celebrity would need $10,000? Why would you ever send, you know, $5,000 to Keanu Reeves? You know, this kind of stuff. And I understand where that comes from. But also, we also have to be sympathetic here. And we have to understand that we are easily drawn into things that we want to be true. Like these people. Absolutely. Yeah. The folks who are being targeted, they're not you know asking these questions about like oh are you stupid or are you dumb or stuff like like it's focusing on the wrong thing the problem is that there are criminals out there <laughs> like we should focus on that instead and i i just thought that was a really good summation again like i said of, of just this problem yeah yeah i think the thing that bugs me when people say oh you know how could you be so stupid and this that and the other what they're doing when they take the conversation in that direction is they're making the victim, the problem, and suddenly we're not talking about the criminal anymore. You know, we're talking about the person that's actually been defrauded and somehow they're the issue. Uh, you know, forget about the fact there's people out there doing it. You know, they, they almost become irrelevant because let's all have a go at the person who's lost money. It's an interesting, I mean, oh God, the human psyche. Oh God, you know, that's, that's, oh. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into it. But um, it is fascinating how we like to be so high and mighty over others. But what I would say is, yeah. for goodness sake, who hasn't made a mistake? You know, and it's not when these people lose money that they suddenly think, oh, well, it's fine. It could happen to anyone. They're distraught. And they already feel like they've been duped. You know, they they feel stupid. So... It sort of amazes me that we then feel that the best thing to do is to pile on with that. Right? It's just such a, it's a frustrating like response. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, it's just a, a moment to say, this is not how we should respond to these things. You know, this is not how we should respond to stories. Um, yeah, absolutely. At the same time, 
there are other stories that I want to share <laughs> of the things you have done. And one that I particularly enjoy is uh, a recent one, I say recent, from March, where you were speaking to, uh, quote, official Keanu Reeves, which I just love. Like, it's one of those things of, like, putting the blue tick in the profile picture. It's like, oh, well, if I put official Keanu Reeves, then <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. obviously <laughs> I'm official Keanu Reeves. And... <laughs> This scammer is trying to get you to download the Cash app, and you do. You download the Cash app, and he's going to offer you $20,000, and you say, ooh, $20,000, lovely, I need a new tea towel, <laughs> which <laughs> I've forgotten about that. <laughs> And, and he responds. He says, I think that would be enough, right? Like, there's just this... I, there's so many things you fling at these people, and they keep the script going like they just they don't break it very much and he sends you an example of what like a qr code looks like on the cash app the thing that you scan to connect to someone to send them money or to receive money and he says like this is what it would look like and then what you do is you send him a drawing of a cash app QR code and it's just completely different, right? Like it's just like, it still has like the corners look like a QR code and there's just a bunch of dots. And instead of saying like cash app, it just says Willie's for some reason. Oh, yes. <laughs> and like along the way, what I particularly love is that you're having this conversation where the tone is like, yes, I'm so ready. Like I'm so game. And there's a lot of pleasantries happening. And he says, okay, I'm waiting. And then four minutes later, he just does question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, right? Like he's like getting impatient. And suddenly you just turn it and you go, hang on for fuck's sake. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and afterwards, you send him the drawing, like done in, in like ballpoint pen, which is lovely. And he breaks. He says, LOL, ha 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 ha. Like he's laughing. He sends a laughing emoji. Nice try. And then he's done. He's like, I hate you. We're not in any damn relationship. And it's just, it's a lovely moment where you like broke the the facade, the scam script. And yeah, I just wanted to share that because I thought that was fantastic. I don't like, I don't know how often you break their script. It does happen. Quite rarely, I will say. It does happen. Yeah. But I, I think that guy i mean it, it, that seems like so long ago but i remember it now and it was <laughs> glorious i think it's quite rare that they break it publicly so probably mm -hmm. what would normally happen is that he would just stop replying but kind of probably have a little swear to himself but he actually he actually couldn't stop himself from typing you know we're not in a relationship yeah. i'll tell you what is interesting <laughs> though and i remember thinking this he said we're not in a relationship but he didn't break who he was. He didn't say, we're not in a relationship and I'm not Keanu Reeves. Uh, That's yeah. what I would have loved. I would have absolutely, yeah. I mean, that would have been joyous. You know, that the heavens oh, yeah. would have come <laughs> down onto earth. I, I swear to you, if, somebody, if someone ever says to me, actually, I, I'm a scammer. I was just trying to get your money. I think I'll probably look directly into the face of God. <laughs> I am so happy knowing like that's the holy grail, right? Like that's what you said. That's the heavens parting. That's attaining nirvana is is someone admitting, okay, you know what? Not only have you gotten me good, but I am not who I say I am. I am a romance scammer. I mean, I feel at that point, you're like, you have to close the metaphorical book. You're like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm signing my greatest work. 
don't yeah. know where to go from here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What can I possibly do now? I mean, to be honest, if that ever happens, I don't know where my life goes from there. <laughs> I'll have peaked too early in my mid-40s. <laughs> I wanted to, sticking on the same you know, idea here of just the stories that you've had and, and the experiences you've had, I wanted to switch it a little bit and introduce this by saying that this is my favorite question that I've ever written on this podcast. And if I don't ask it, I'm going to regret it. And so that question is, you spoke with Channel 4 for a piece eventually titled, Stranger Sent Dick Pics, So I Convinced Him He Was Dying. Um, there's, there's nothing better than that, right? And so I just need to know, please tell me what you did in that circumstance. What was going on there? Okay, so there's this guy, right, whose name is Greg, and he has been sending me um, Instagram direct messages for well over a year. And he'll send me a picture of this revolting, diseased-looking, disgusting penis, which unfortunately for Greg belongs to him. Um, <laughs> and he'll send it, and and it, he'll say, oh, you know, do you like the look of this or whatever? And, and I always think, well, no, I don't, because it's absolutely foul. But, you know, let's, let's go with it. Um, <laughs> so on this particular occasion... I said, you know, that's, I appreciate and everything, but I'm I'm a bit worried about this spot on your stomach. And he said, what do you, what do you mean? And I said, well, I can see that. And I said, I've got a degree in dermatology, which I don't. I don't even know if you can do a degree in dermatology. But um, I said, I can see that. And it's really not good. And he said, well, it's fine. It doesn't itch. And I'm like, oh, my God, it doesn't itch. What do you mean? No. This is even worse news. <laughs> it should it. <laughs> it should itch, yeah. Um he said, you know, he said, oh, shut up. It's fine. Um, it's not even like I've been bitten. I said, oh, no. So it's come from the inside. Oh, Greg, this is awful. I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do. Um, and this went on for ages and ages with him getting more and more wound up. And eventually he went to a doctor and he sent me a picture where they'd, <laughs> he'd shaved his stomach to oh, go wow. to this doctor to, to show him this, this spot. And the doctor said, oh, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. And, and Greg had come back and said, no, it's fine. Don't worry. But now this guy, I hear from him two or three times a week. And every time he sends me a new disgusting photo, I will do my very best to get him off track. He'll send me something and, and I'll say, I, I don't really understand what you mean and I'll take him off on this tangent until we end up talking about something entirely different he is my absolute favorite I mean I never thought I'd say that about this revolting long-term sex pest but whenever I get a message on Instagram and it's Greg I think oh thank you thank you whoever's you know the, the god of sex pests um, I really enjoy my interactions with Greg but the reason right. for that is I know exactly what's going on. And when I see that he's messaged, my first thought is, oh, great, another brilliant interaction that I can put onto Twitter. Right. But the serious side of it is that he is genuinely an absolute pervert. He's a menace. He contacts so many women on Instagram. Now, like I said, I'm lucky in that I've been doing stuff like this for so long now that I don't really get affected by stuff. I mean, who knows? In later life, I might end up, you know, shaking and dribbling in a corner. But for the moment, everything's okay. Um, however, he will be messaging dozens and dozens of women 
who have been through something traumatic, you know, and, and this is the very last thing they need. And it's stuff like this. Why Twitter, I mean, you know, Greg's cases on Instagram, but it's, it's cases like this, why Twitter needs to keep the block function. Because what you don't want is somebody like Greg having easy access to posting as many photos as they possibly can. And Greg isn't the worst one. You know, I've had people where I haven't even put the photos up on Twitter because they've been too offensive. Mm -hmm. Um, These people are, are a menace. And as much as I can have good fun and laugh with them, when I think about what it's like for other women to receive these... One of the problems is that you can report these guys to Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or wherever it is, and all they have to do is open another account. Yeah, it's like super easy for them to just kind of skirt that. Precisely. Yeah, Yeah. that one thing. I think it's really important, like you said, that you understand that you have this bizarre back and forth with Greg and that you know, you know what's happening and you can see what's happening. But that, like you said, it's not that way for assumedly, you know, 99.9% of the people that Greg reaches out to with zero consent and just sends sexual harassment to them. That's what he does. And it reminds me that I used to volunteer for a suicide prevention hotline and we had, we had like sex pests, right? Call us. And the policy, right, was that we ban those callers. Like, we recognize their number. We don't talk to them. If they get a new number, which they did <laughs> often, someone has to be on the receiving end of that to recognize, oh, okay, like, that's so-and-so. We have to block them again. We have to communicate it throughout the organization. Watch out for this. And while there were people in the organization who felt primed, felt ready to deal with someone like that, again, the the policy is a ban, right? Because it is unsafe. It is mm. it is not the norm to want to engage with this and say like, oh, actually, like, I'm going to have this sort of, you know, this volleying effort, you know, back and mm. forth. Um, what, what should be done is to not engage. And it kind of just goes to show that if we were not allowed to ban callers, you know, for repeated offenses, it would have made our work much harder. And it would have made... It would have stressed us out more. It made it would have made us worse for genuine callers. You know, it would have wasted time. And so that kind of feels like what's happening with Twitter, where it's like, mm. what if we what if we remove one of the most functional and efficient ways to deal with problems? I, there's there's rules and regulations around whether or not you can actually remove a block function, but I can't believe that that there's even an idea to remove it because yeah, my goodness, why is it even being brought up in conversation? I mean, at what point, you know, did he wake up at 3 a.m. for a wee and suddenly think, oh, I've got a great idea. I'll I'll make everything really unsafe. Oh, yeah, well done, Elon. You know, gives himself a little high five on his way to the bathroom. You know, he's... <laughs> Actually, do you know what? We keep calling it Twitter. It's not Twitter anymore, is it? It's uh, X. Right, right. Oh. it's X. It's X. Oh, that I, um... irritates me as well. Gosh. Yeah, I'm not going to call it. I mean, I'm not in the position that I have to call it X. You know, I'm not, I'm not like a social media person. I, and I know that social media managers and directors across the world are like, oh God, I have to start reporting my data as X and all this stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. That's it. It's a, it's a big stupid thing. Yeah. It's almost like he's bought this because obviously he's got so much money. It's not like he's kind of, you know, worrying about his investments. It's almost like he's bought Twitter 
And it's, it's kind of doing what I do with Greg, thinking, I wonder how far I can push this <laughs> before everyone leaves. It's like she's doing this on a massive scale. It's absolutely insane. That's such a nice way to, like, that's a great way to envision it. You know, like, oh, actually, that makes, like, so much sense. I hadn't thought of it like that. That's, that's so brilliant. Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, romance scams, obviously. And mm. I wanted to broaden it out here to this like world of romance scams, because when we last spoke, you did mention that there was like some anecdotal evidence that scammers themselves may even be taking classes, like quote unquote, mm. um, and that we maybe hadn't seen any actual proof of that, but that potentially like there's a world where the people who are scamming, like the scammers, are engaged in something similar to like a pyramid scheme and they're getting scammed, right? They're being told, reach out to this many people. If you get a cut, then it goes up to the top and it goes up, up, up. And so I just wanted to understand, do we, what information do we have about, I guess, like the economy of romance scammers or, or even just the education of them? Yes, it's a really interesting one. And again, it's one of those subjects that I would love to know more about. Mm -hmm. the, the, I first heard about this, I was doing some... Oh God, it was so long ago. It was when I had just started to think about writing a book. And I was doing a bit of research on romance scams. And I came across this article written by a private investigator over here in the UK. And he said that he'd been made aware of these schools in the um, capital of Ghana, that basically people were going along and they were learning how to scam. Now, I met up with this private investigator and sort of between us, we kind of came to the conclusion that it wouldn't be like a normal school. You know, you wouldn't go along with your, you know, with your pencil case and yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> sit down somewhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they take a registration <laughs> at the beginning of this class. Um, but it would be informally sort of a way that you go along and somebody tells you what it is that you do. And I've seen a few programs on this. There's a, a, a fascinating documentary on YouTube where they're teaching people how best to scam. So they will say, you know, you, you need to like as many people as you possibly can on the dating sites because you're throwing the net out as wide as you can. There was one where I saw they were teaching a, a girl how to scam and it was obviously, you know, they were sort of trying to get her to titillate Western uh -huh. men. Um, <laughs> but this girl just, you know, she couldn't really sort of get her head around it. She wasn't very good at it. And she was trying to do all of this because she was trying to feed her son. And it, the whole oh, thing yeah. was so bleak. It was so depressing. But it, it seems, you know, the, the way you describe it, a pyramid scheme is absolutely right. So the younger guys, they go on in, they get taught how to do this, and they pass a bit of money up the chain. Imagine that you're selling cosmetics, you know, you have to buy an absolute load of them and then you sell some on, but the person who introduced you gets a cut of your money, etc. I believe it's absolutely no different to that. So it's interesting in some ways that the people who are scamming, let's say on, they're on the bottom of the food chain, they're also kind of getting scammed by the person above them as well. And here's an, another interesting twist. Yeah. In some of the West African countries, there's a lot of evidence. I mean, it's, you know, you only have to Google it, it's in the news of scammers or would be scammers involving, they call them juju men, magic men. So um, oh, okay. voodoo, effectively. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these sort of voodoo priests will say, you know, I need 
such and such, whether it be something really horrific, you know, from a human or whether it's, I don't know, an egg from somewhere or whatever, you have to go and get it. And then you pay this magic man to help make you a better scammer. Now, I don't know how many of these magic men do believe that they have that ability. I don't know. Are they all scamming in themselves? So have you then got these kind of men scamming these men to make them better scammers? I mean, how far up the chain does this go? It's absolutely fascinating. And another thing I looked into, there was a really big case over here. I can't remember how long ago it was, but it was a guy over in Africa and he was done for £800,000 worth of romance fraud. But it was done by people who worked for him. And he lived in this mansion. You've never seen anything like it. And I was thinking this is all from being the top of a pyramid scheme, effectively. It's big business. It's huge business. It's wild to know, like you said, that, you know, there's this fellow who is able to afford living in a mansion, you know, like, and that he's the top of a pyramid. Because I think, I think a lot of us might see like romance scam work as, you know, there's maybe someone out there who gets like one person to give, you know, $100,000 or $200,000 over a lifetime. And that's the most, you know, that's like an insane sum. But I think Mm. some people think like, maybe it's just a thousand, 2000 here and there every couple of months from one, one different target. And it's not that right. Like, and even if it is that for like the lowest level of, of romance scammers, it moves up, you know, like it, it goes up and like you said, it's a business that's kind of insane. Like that's all like, um, that there's so much organization that it's not just a bunch of. Yeah. And you also have to remember that it doesn't stop at romance fraud. So the money that comes in from romance Mm -hmm. fraud is often then used to fund drugs or guns Um, you know, gang crime. So there's more money to be made that way. It reminds me a little bit of, we had a hacker on the show just a couple of months ago who was talking about stalkerware, right? These kinds of apps that can spy on people's activity without their consent. So like look at their GPS location, even like go through their text messages and photos and videos. And they said that these things are actually really easy to make and they're just done for a quick buck, you know? Like it's just... I'll just throw up this app on this unregulated website and you'll download it and it's like $8 a month and it brings in a considerable amount of money as a side gig, but it's also, Mm. they are owning and operating sometimes dozens at the same time. And it is a business at that point. It's, it's, I hate to call it a salary, right? But it's someone's salary. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these guys, you know, they're not doing it for a, a hobby. This is this is how they make their money. You know, they, they get up and they do this in shifts all day, every day. Yeah, I remember you told us this that last time that it's not, it's not right. Like uh, official Keanu Reeves isn't a person. It's a team. And like you said, they have shifts. Yeah. They go to bed, they wake up, they clock in almost. And that's why sometimes the messages like don't make sense from one day to the next, because they're not reading message history, exactly. you know? Exactly. I mean, I am, um, I know completely firsthand how true that is, because I am a terrible insomniac, mm. and it, it sort of goes in cycles. And I might wake up at two o'clock in the morning, and then that's it. Mm. I'm awake for mm-hmm. the rest of the night. So I think, oh, I wonder how many people I can message 
that I'm having these fake conversations with and suddenly they'll be up and I can send a message to each of them and they will all reply within 15 minutes because there is somebody working that shift. Yeah, it's it's a it's a job. You know, and on the plus side, I'm never lonely at two in the morning. You know, I've got a multitude of celebrities to chat to. They all are so interested. Um, yeah. On that exact note, right, of how this is bringing in a lot of money, it kind of makes me immediately think into my last question here, which is that: Is there anything being done in terms of government action or regulation or just? enforcement because you hear that these numbers are not small this isn't ten dollars is taken from someone and then the government the federal government or or state government is just throwing up their hands they're like look we can't do anything about ten dollars right um these are almost reaching what i would call like crime syndicate levels depending on how big they are and how many shifts and how many people are involved and i wonder then like if it's that big if it's that serious is there anything being done on a government level that you've seen to stop this oh god do you know it's such a depressing question because the answer is no i don't know about you guys in the states i don't think things are particularly no, well we're not we're not great out romance here romance fraud no. wise <laughs> no and it, it's the same here romance fraud is seen as really insignificant compared to lots of different types mm-hmm. of fraud so it's kind of put at the bottom of the pile in terms of the priorities. You know, forgetting the fact that romance fraud, okay, people may not lose as much money as, say, investment fraud or whatever, but the emotional impact is much higher. But, you know, that seems to be beside the point to our government. <laughs> Over the last few months, I've spoken to a lot of policemen and also from various different government bodies. And everybody really wants to do something. but the only word I can use to describe our current approach is it's a massive cluster. <laughs> Nobody knows what they are doing. So, you know, you've got sort of the police who are on the ground, who are, the people I've spoken to have been absolutely fantastic and so committed to wanting to do mm-hmm. something, but they can't because there's no money or there's not enough police. Or the police are saying, well, look, that person over there lost you know, £100,000 in an investment scam, you can't go and speak to her who lost 500 quid. Uh. It's this which is unacceptable. (sighs) We have this system in England called action fraud. Mm -hmm. So if you report a fraud to the police, or to anybody, in fact, you will immediately be redirected to action fraud. And it's where you go if you're in the UK and you report all types of fraud to this organisation. And... I mean, apparently there's a big overhaul happening next year, but God almighty does there need to be because they are rubbish. And I mean, really awful. It's all done on an algorithm. And if you don't satisfy a particular algorithm, basically you're you're just not worthy of your crime being investigated. And so many victims that I've interviewed for the book have sent their information into action fraud and just not heard anything back. The problem with that is that you then start to believe that I was so stupid that not even, you know, not even the law enforcement wants to help me or, you know, what's the point of reporting this to my bank now because they're not going to believe me. It's absolutely awful. You're supposed to get a response. Now, when I've seen people that have had responses, the response is so cold and clinical 
that I'd almost rather you don't get one at all. It says, you know, dear Ms. Holmes, uh, thank you for bringing a crime to our attention. And it basically says, you're not worthy, sod off and don't darken our doors ever again. Uh, you know, it's romance fraud victims here are treated appallingly. And it's not by any one organisation, it's by a combined melee of nonsense and red tape and bureaucracy. And nobody can get a handle on it because it's too big now. We've ignored it for so long that it's all out of control. And now nobody knows what to do. And I truly believe that. You know, the scammers always seem to be one step ahead and we are not prepared to invest in anything that will that will help. You know, that they're going to be trying to do something to make action fraud more fit for purpose. It's gone beyond that. And I don't know what the answer is. And the scary thing is, nobody seems to. You know, there are some incredibly clever people out there running incredibly worthwhile organisations, and even they don't know what to do. I really, really hope that it's taken more seriously. But as I said to you at the beginning of this little rant that I've just done, romance fraud victims are the bottom of the pile when it comes to priorities. And for me, it's one of the things that we need to be prioritising more than anything else, because people's mental health goes downhill, they stop work, they might have to have, you know, extra health care. It's not just a case of Becky Holmes has lost 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. You know, it isn't just a case of that. It's, it's far more long term. Absolutely. And this thing that you mentioned here that the lack of response from a government body after having submitted a claim can actually make someone feel that it was their fault, right? Like, oh, my claim is so small and insignificant that I can't even get I can't yeah. even get a, a reply in an email. Like, then then I really yeah. must be I really must be at fault. Like the way that we treat fraud shouldn't have any similarities to applying to like a large faceless corporation, <laughs> like for a job, you know, yeah. it's just like, well, you know, yeah. if they didn't reach back to me, my application must have just been that bad, you know, um, that's <laughs> yes. not how we should do yeah. this. Um, that's very disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also, um, and again, I don't know about you guys over in the States, but here, our banking systems aren't fit for purpose when it comes to dealing with fraud either. And by that, I mean the, the human interaction side. <laughs> I don't know enough about the, um, the technology behind it. But there's a lady who sadly is no longer with us. She, um, she died of cancer and her son had to find out from me, of all people, what had been happening. She was so ashamed to tell anybody, even her own family, that nobody found out about this until she'd already died. She'd been sending all of her money over to this young lad. Now, she told me that she went to her bank and she was sending £30,000 over to Nigeria. And it's the second time she'd done it. The first time she did it, it just went through. No questions were asked, which in itself is yeah, pretty yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> But the second time she went in, somebody at the bank said to her, do you know this person that you're sending this money to? And the lady said, well, yes, I do. And the woman said, oh, okay, and sent it. Now, the problem is that when you're in a relationship with somebody, whether it's online or not, you believe that you do know them. So if somebody says to you, do you know this person? Well, of course you're going to yeah. say yes. 
So it's an unfit for purpose question. And the lady in particular said to me that even when she was going into the bank, she knew that something wasn't right with what was happening. And she firmly, firmly believed that if somebody had taken her aside and had a proper conversation Mm. with her, that she would have not sent that second load of money. But instead, it was just a tick box exercise. Oh, you know, did you ask that person whether she knows them? Yes, I did. Oh, okay, we're covered then. And that's absolutely unacceptable. And one of the problems we have is that scammers are getting smarter and they're learning from us how to make them better. So what's happening now is that scammers are grooming people before they go into the bank. So they're saying, well, look, Becky, you know, you're going to go into the bank and this is great. You're going to send me £10,000, but they're going to say to you, you don't know this person. He's just getting money from you. He's a romance fraudster. You know, they're going to try and stop our love. They're going to try and break us up. So when you go into the bank, you are absolutely determined that this is your money and you will send it to this person and you will not be derailed from your uh, your target. So they're, they're already priming you. So the bank needs better training, better ways of getting people aside and talking to them and, and, you know, perhaps having examples and the whole system needs to be better. And it needs to be better sort of yesterday. You know, there's no time to lose. It's one of those situations I used to work in corporate life and you have so many meetings about having more meetings and something really should be done. And let's have a meeting about talking about something being done, but nothing happens. And it seems to be that that's the way in the banking system around romance fraud. You know, everyone's sort of having a little chat about it amongst themselves on LinkedIn and in a meeting room, but no one's doing anything. It's so frustrating to know that the structure, the hierarchy, the everything of corporate life and infrastructure applies to this, applies to like doing something better. Mm. And we can't get out of doing, like we can't get out of the, the wheel because I think everyone who's listening has like, probably had that experience with you know just a project that they're trying to get off the ground you know just like can we do something a little different this time they're like yeah we did it that way last year but maybe we shouldn't and then that that is also happening to romance scams you know like that's happening to protection against romance scams and it's just very frustrating i think yeah it is and there are a lot of people trying desperately to make changes but until everything is all mixed up together and as a society we're going towards the common goals in the same way it's just never going to work because so many things will fall through the cracks yeah i hope that the solution is that uh they talk to you i don't know like you know i just want i want a solution oh i think that's the last thing i want to do (laughs) (laughs) oh becky i wanted to thank you again so much for coming on today's show for telling us even more things I could make this a uh, biannual thing, um, this podcast, this topic. Uh, again, though, I again, thank you so much for coming on today's show. And um, I am hopeful that something changes, but I have to say that because if I don't, you know, then the podcast is like really sad. So <laughs> I don't know if I have anything to yeah. back it up, but I have to say the words, you know. Um, and again, thank you so much. Oh, you couldn't be more welcome. I've loved it again. To our listeners. 
We'll talk to you again in two weeks. Until then, stay tuned and stay safe. And remember, you can read all our cybersecurity coverage on Mauerbytes Labs at mauerbytes.com slash blog. Finally, our intro music is by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com, and our outro music is by Woa from Unminus.com. Today's show has been edited by our podcast consultant, Eric Johnson, at lightningpod.fm. Thank you, folks. Thank you.